welcome to episode 140 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how you doing tonight man i'm doing all right ish i guess okay <laughs> i had a an interesting uh evening basically we'll say so i get home today and i i get home at like three o'clock because the sun hasn't set yet and I'm, like, getting stuff ready to go to Pioneer, and I end up leaving my house, like, shortly before 5, so the sun is set, because it's winter, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I start my car, and I notice that, oh, my one headlight burned out. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my headlight was going to be burned out soon, because my headlights always burn out around this time of year. It's really, okay. really, it's really, really annoying, because I know what happens in the middle of winter, but it's nice, because I know what happens in the middle of winter. It's kind of like... You know, I just accept it as reality. Most people don't just have their headlights burn out yearly. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm weird. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to accept this, considering all the technical problems we had getting this even running. Yeah, it's not just my computer, right? It's literally everything. (laughs) All right, continue. So I'm like, all right. So I stop at uh, Advanced Auto Parts on my way to Magic, buy some headlights, and I just have like sitting in my passenger seat, go and play magic, uh, leave. I got second place, hooray for Pioneer. Death. My loss was a blue white control mirror. Okay, so sounds awful. It it was it was something. Um, so I leave and I I go out and start my car. I'm like, all right, I have a headlight out. I have my headlights next to me in case a cop pulls me over. Like, don't worry, I have my headlights. I'm gonna fix them tomorrow. You know, just gotta go home and do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like it's all fine. Uh, Sometime where between Dungeons End and home, I come to the realization that my other headlight burned out. Oh, so I proceed to drive the rest. Like, I'm like on a main drag going through east of Duluth, it's like, well, I can't exactly drive with my high beams on right now. So yeah. it's like, either way, I'm, you know, driving with high beams or no lights whatsoever, so I'm kind of, like, screwed. I wind up. I like, would have chosen high beams. Yeah, I <laughs> I wound up taking a, uh, a back way home, like, through the residentials with my high beams on so I could actually fucking see. Yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, like, if some random person's walking on the sidewalk, they can deal with it. I just need to get home without dying. Yeah, basically. <laughs> or getting pulled over. Because, like, I feel like you can be like, yeah, I know, you know, one headlight's burned out, but I have replacements. I feel like if you get pulled over for having both headlights out, you're probably in more trouble. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'd, I think they'd be like, okay, come on, like, how does that happen? Yeah, it's like... So here's the thing about me, right? I know my headlights burn out every year around this time. Uh, and they're just going to be like, you're possessed. Yeah, you're stupid. Or on drugs. <laughs> or both. And I'll be like, I'm not kidding. It literally happens every year. Uh, <laughs> that's absurd. So that, um, was, that was my adventure on the way home. Normally they die like one dies and then a week later the other one dies. This time it was just both in one day. <laughs> It's just, <laughs> it's really nice though because either like, way, I've had to replace like three headlights in my life. Yeah, I have replaced a headlight every single year in the winter since I got my Pontiac, which was four years ago. Okay, all right, both, whatever. Sorry, both headlights. 
in the winter every year. Okay, I'm man. special. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I have no idea even what to say to that. Your car is trash. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm... this car is so so much better than your other ones. Actually, never mind. Yeah. My my other one. Other I had one. One yeah, other sorry. car. And the ghost of that car is haunting this car. <laughs> like I tell it to people, and they laugh, and they think I'm joking, and I'm not joking. Everything that was wrong with that car is now wrong with this car. The same tire has a slow leak. There's the same hole in my exhaust that makes my car sound louder than it should. Like, all the same things are wrong with it. The hole in the exhaust is really convenient, though, because I can literally, we can literally be sitting waiting for you to show up for gaming and then, like, hear your car and be like, oh, John's here. <laughs> <laughs> See, everyone also says that. It's, 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 a it's, super, it's a super distinct sound. It's not loud enough to get me pulled over. It's just loud oh. enough to be distinct. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it is. So, yeah, don't, like, start robbing a bunch of places. Cause, yeah, everyone will be like, oh, yeah, I heard this Pontiac driving around. It's like, oh, we know that one. It's like, oh, yeah, it's John's car. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's, you know, you got to have a thing. My thing is my car always sounds the same. You have a lot of things, man. I don't even know what to say. I do have a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, so good talk, I guess. Yeah. So that that was that was my adventure on the way home. <laughs> I so randomly, I've had a couple times where I'm uh, uh, driving home, like back a while when I was working at McDonald's, still uh-huh. uh, driving home after closing and stuff like that. I'd forget to turn on my lights. Because it's so bright in the city that I don't even realize it. Well, yeah, like, like I didn't even notice until I got off the highway because the highway is like all he got me the driving highway or through the tunnels, which are super, super bright. Yeah. So I was like, I had no idea when my lights wound up dying. Probably know they died as soon as I left the alleyway. Right. And it's like, it's like, oh, oh, it's really dark. Oh, dear. Oh, this isn't good. Uh, oh, dearie me. <laughs> so. Uh. Like, it's completely understandable, but it's like, uh, so magic stuff, magic stuff, transition like a fucking boss, I guess. That is an acceptable transition. Okay. You have some magic stuff you want to talk about? Yeah. We had 12 people for Pioneer tonight. Hey, that's pretty sweet. That's That's a good turnout. Yeah. That's the most I've actually seen for Pioneer. And that is one more than we had for FNM last night. So, hooray for Pioneer beating out FNM. I mean, it should because it's a better format. Hey, stand- standard is not a bad format. It's it's not. I'm being mean, but the uh... everybody yeah, people complain a lot about stand like I don't know. People just complain about <laughs> standard, but like I I feel like standards in an okay spot right now after they've banned fifteen thousand cards or whatever it is. It is. Like there's clearly some like better than others decks. That's called that's called a format. Yeah, that's called a format, right? But it's it's like none of the decks are like strictly like crushingly overpowered. It's like mm-hmm. all of that stuff's perfectly fine. I think standard is in a good place. I think pioneers in a good place. Like there are yeah. some people who are like, man, we only need like one more round of bannings and pioneer will be perfect. It's like, no, you're an idiot. Pioneer's fine. Yeah, just leave it where it's at. <laughs> what what do people want banned? People still think Dig Through Time is ban worthy. Really? Yep. Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. They think anything that was banned in Standard should be banned in Pioneers. Basically, what it amounts to. Eh, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, 
I feel like Dig Through Time is really good, but like the thing is, is you're not getting anything stupidly oppressive. No, the best Dig Through Time deck got banned. They banned Nexus of Fate. Yeah, like like you know, and as we said, like as much as we we disagree with bannings just on principle, like Nexus of Fate, the Nexus of Fate banning was just one of those things. It's like, all right, this it's just like, kind of just makes things feel better. <laughs> yeah, like it's like banning Top, right? Yeah. Top is not an oppressive magic card, no. but boy howdy, did it make rounds go to time. It just made things awful. Like we'll just yeah. like it just kind of made playing games less enjoyable in some ways. Mm. Like you know, and like I you know, I was one of the people with with who put my big boy pants on and was like, "All right, you got it. Concede, walk away." Like, yeah. you know, so but so. like the th- the problem know. is in legacy you like almost always have an out, yeah, because it's freaking legacy. Yeah, yeah, you can always sneak something, but it's like I don't know. It's I like, mean, well... it's a, you know, it's it's that weird balance between how I play on arena and how I play in paper. Like mm-hmm. on arena, I literally just concede to um uh uh thought uh thought erasures. I see a thought erasure turn two, and I just concede. <laughs> but like you know. I'm not See, that bad with Nexus. <laughs> seems aggressive. <laughs> I'm playing Murder Kill, and literally any deck that plays Thought Erasure is just like I have like a twenty percent against them. Like it's just not worth fighting it out. You don't think you could grind out like a Thought Erasure disinformation campaign deck? Uh probably not. You could probably deck them, right? Like, so here's but... the thing: maybe I could. But just the thought of that sounds awful. The thought of playing till you deck someone, like, what? Why would uh, it's like? Yeah, I'll play for an entire hour and like still be at a disadvantage against that game. That's fair. Or I could concede a bunch of times until I play against an aggro deck that just folds to my, uh, you know, my three mana minus two minus two to all creatures on turn three, and then I just win. Like, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, it's just like arena makes you play differently. It's really kind of weird and people complain about that like crazy too but i don't even know if it's arena i think it's literally just like your investment right yeah like i don't you probably would play out things more inclined in like a side event or like an fnm or something like that oh yeah i definitely would but like in arena i just get to play that much more volume of games yeah just so does it's like not matter why why bother you know like and some people are like throw that as a giant criticism against it but i just feel like it's yeah a huge bonus they're like yeah yeah those same people are the ones who just won't concede to like the nexus lock until they're dead though right it's like yeah yeah Either way, moral of the story, Dig Through Time is not man-worthy. Even no. the good Dig Through Time decks only play, like, two Dig Through Time. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely not man-worthy, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't but. care what Jerry Thompson says. It's not worth playing Sensor and Hieroglyphic Illumination just to turn on your Dig Through Times faster. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. I'll stick with my top-decking Dig Through Time on, like, turn eight and casting it at a in in a reasonable thing while actually playing good cards up until that point mm-hmm. and then winning games right yeah like nothing against jerry thompson but it's like if you're if you fill your deck with so much chaff to make dig through time better you're just gonna dig through time into chaff yeah that's just i feel like that's just the classic thing like people are always like oh if you play this card it just makes it better but you're like that card is just absolutely horrendous on its own 
and the power level of it, like when when you're doing the thing, is not so much higher that you really want to mess with it. Uh-huh. Like honestly, like if you're like, oh, dig through time. Like if I cast one dig through time, I instantly win the game. Like, you know, maybe I'd start playing sensors and stuff then, because then all I have to do is hit my dig through time. Yeah, but like, well, dig through no time just makes of what you're doing better. That's all. It's and you're not doing anything broken. It's no. not like Legacy where it's like dig through time into something that instantly wins the game. Yeah, like today I cast a dig through time. I saw six lands and a blessed alliance. So I took the Gyre Reach Sanitary Haven and the Blessed Alliance. <laughs> Seems good. So, I mean, to be fair, at that, at that point I was doing something broken because I had Gyre Reach Sanitarium plus Narset, which means I locked my opponent out of ever getting to cast it on instant ever again. <laughs> and then uh... the next turn I ultimated Teferi and played another Teferi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, on, honestly, in that situation, if you had not hit a dig through time, would you have just been in the exact same spot? Oh, I basically, was still crushing basically. him, right? Yeah, like you I, were still just destroying them, weren't you? Yeah. If my deck was like a reasonable mix of lands and spells, and not six freaking lands on top of my library, yeah, I still wasn't losing that game. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you still shaved six lands off the top of your deck. I did. So, it was really nice. Something. I appreciate. It. <laughs> but man, can I? I'm just going to point out, I feel like the one of Gary's Sanitarium in the blue-white control lists as, like, a combo with Narset is, like, super, super cute. And as, like, normally I hate cute things, but my god, that lock is just backbreaking. <laughs> I gotta look it up again, because I don't recall what it does. Both players draw a card and discard a card. Oh, that's, that's absolutely dirty. <laughs> so you do it in your opponent's draw step. And, and then they they're just, like, yep, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like, I, I'm like, I think Iris and Termin's like, all right, what does that do? I'm like, we both draw our card and discard card. And he goes, we're drawing card. I'm like, wait, you can't do that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Narset says you can't draw. He's like, oh, okay, that's not that bad for me. I'm like, you still have to discard. He's like, oh, that's really bad for me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's like, like that thing where, like, you, um, uh, you know, obviously everyone's had this happen to him because it's a super good combo joke. Mm -hmm. um, like, flashing in a Notion Thief in response to your opponent's brainstorm. Yep. So that still resolves. Yep. Just not the way you wanted to. Just not the way you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there was a Narset Notion Thief deck I saw running around at one point. I think like you, you showed that to me, and I was like, I am interested in this. But this deck is sweet. Uh, yeah, it was like it was kind of funny because he he was kind of playing it out, but I'm like, all right, draw a card, exile, I'm like cycle this, exile, cycle this, exile, cycle this, exile. He's like. I think I still have some outs. I'm like, you have no outs. Yeah, it's like I'm you like, cannot do anything. You have three lands in play. I am going to make you discard anything you draw. This game will not end until I want it to end or you concede. Until <laughs> <laughs> I want it to end. Well, I had another Teferi in play. I could just keep tucking himself. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like this is the hard lock. Like, all, like... The pieces yeah. are assembled. Voltron is here. Like just this game will go to you naturally decking yourself. <laughs> Actually, I was activating Castle Armbrig and just like beating him down with one ones. So, I like or Art and Vale rather. Yeah, Art and Vale. Yeah, that one's gas as hell. I really like so. Since we're just talking about random shit this week, I guess that's fine. Um, man, those castles play really well. They do. Like, like I, I'm kind of surprised how well they play because I remember looking at a couple of them and being like, "Eh, that just doesn't seem that good." Like it just seems like it's just a couple too much mana or something like that. And then like once I started playing with them, I'm like, "Oh no, this seems actually super fair 
and just the, and just solid. That's entirely the thing, right? Like all of them seem like they're like maybe one mana too many. Like I think yeah. the red ones, the only one that I looked at, and I'm like, yeah, that was perfect. Oh, see that one I looked at, I'm like, eh, I don't want to pay that much for that. It's like what three in tap? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like that's the only one I looked at. I'm like, Probably. yeah, that that seems fine, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like the white one is like one mana too expensive. Yep. But at the same time, it's like. As a result of it being one mana more, it's just not good in the aggro decks. Yep. It's which is kind of what you want. Yeah, it's a control finisher, which is yeah. super weird. You know, the mm-hmm. blue one costing five or four plus tap is super super relevant. Mm-hmm. Like like I think that one needs to be that much because Scry Two is really powerful. It's really especially in the decks that want it that yeah. are playing it. Like that once you get that going, it just always felt super good. Like the, when I played Simic Flash that one week, mm-hmm. like it was just like yeah okay. Like, like if, this if I have this online, life. it's like I'm doing what I want. Yeah. And but. the the black one I really like because it Love um that card. I had today I had uh, an opponent on red black mid range activate mm-hmm. the activated that with five cards and he's like I guess I'm taking six I'm like this is probably okay yeah I wound up I ag- mean, funny thing was I actually wound up aggroing him out that game oh funny <laughs> like. I, I, I've literally activated it with like five or six cards in hand mm-hmm. in my in my murder kill deck because it's like sometimes you just gotta hit the card you need, man. Like, yeah, like it happens. You know, yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with it. And the green one just basically ramps you from four to five, so it's like, yep. or from five to six. Yep, sweet. Yep, it's it's cool. I like I, I really like them. They're they're one of those cards that I looked at on paper and I'm just like when we're just reading them and I'm like, ah, this is kind of stupid, but then. Like once I started playing, I'm like, oh no, this is actually like really, really good play. Yeah, the only one I looked at, I was like, holy shit, that card is busted. Is the green one, just because ramping from five to six is actually super relevant. For I guess the the casting um, prime time one turn, turn sooner is basically the everything that revolves around amulet, and that card just automatically went into amulet titan, which was kind of funny. That makes sense, yeah. Like that card just does things. It does amulet titan things. Yeah. So, like, that's the one that I, the first one I saw, I'm like, yeah, this one's probably broken. Hmm. I'm not like, not broken as in like bad words. But yeah, just obviously. good. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's like, I think that one was the best one when mm-hmm. I at, at first sight. And now I'm just kind of like, they're all pretty good. They they're all, all solid, they yeah. all just straight up see play. Yeah. I mean, I play, I play both the on color ones in my, you know, in my murder kill deck. That's obviously the, the seal of approval there yeah but i'm not like you know basically every deck i've been building i I at least like side eye them well yeah like you have you have to justify not playing one yeah exactly at least one of any color in any deck you're playing Mm -hmm. yeah i agree so so on this on this week if we can talk about anything (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) oh man but yeah all right uh, I did have another thing I wanted to talk about because I basically had like a I had like a mini rant in my head, and I was like, "This is something we need to talk about." And I sent that to you like right as I got to work because I was listening to a podcast. Okay, that made me think of it. Um, Grand Prix attendance. Okay. Uh, basically, the end is nigh, and competitive magic is dying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this. But uh, I mean, I've been I've been watching, you know, it's it it was going to die within the next year. What? Ten years ago. Yeah, something like that. So 
GP attendance is the lowest it has been in forever. Okay. Uh, main events have been as small as like 300 people. Okay. All that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are like, man, this is just really, really bad for magic as a whole. You know, it's like, obviously, this is super terrible, and yada, yada. But here's the thing. I was listening to another podcast from a guy who went to a Grand Prix like two weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, the main event had like 520-ish people. Yep. And the year prior, the main event had had like 900 people. Okay. And he's like, that, that, is, that is a very obvious like divot taken out, right? Like, yep. you're almost 50%. Yep. He's like, and then he's like, but here's the thing, though. That event center was just as full as it was the year prior. <laughs> The thing, yeah. everyone is like up in arms over the fact that GP attendance is so low and it's like really bad. But there's just as many people going to Grand Prix. They just don't care about main events anymore. I, I think that's the big thing. Like the rebranding of the Magic Fest thing, like, is kind of. Uh, this is probably a bigger topic, but I'm going to let you finish your rant, actually. So, <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the entire thing where it's oh, okay. like people are. People are like so worried about the fact that like GP attendance is low, but like that's not a bad thing because magic is just becoming a more casual appeal thing. So here's the thing. Like, and I've said this before. Like, magic is like you you don't play magic, you're a magic player. Yes. It is it is it is an identity and a and a, a like culture to some degree and by making by by the rebranding of gp slash magic fest and pulling the focus away from the main event towards the other stuff which is actually much more fun than the main event uh, <laughs> at least from my experience of the other gps i've been to mm -hmm. or, or from the two gps i've been to um not that the main event wasn't you know what i want to do or it wasn't fun, but, like, the other stuff was just better. I had uh, to convince you to do the main events, is what it comes down to, right? Like, Yeah, you That did, was not actually. the primary appeal for you. No, I was like, I get to go and play Legacy and Chaos Drafts and sweet crap like that, mm. you know? Um, but, like, competitive magic is one sliver of this whole thing. And it is and it's a an it's small an one. <laughs> it's a small one, but it is important. I don't yes. want to, to say that it isn't. It is actually a very important thing, and it needs to exist in some capacity. And it needs to be taken seriously, I think, too. Like, I think they do need to treat their, the pro players right. But, and there's some things with, you know, how they do all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But, like, I... The thing that I was thinking about with this is like, God, I still am just floored that they don't charge a door fee for these things. Yeah, just like twenty bucks at the door just to get in, or like five bucks at the door just to get in. Yeah, like, or yeah, like more likely it'd probably be to like twenty is like what you'd see at any event. Like, and I know people would just crap their pants up and down the walls. Oh yeah, just the thought of having yeah. to pay just to go in mm -hmm. for something like that. I mean, and when the whole when the whole artist thing, you know, there was that whole artist. Pay the artists. GPs and stuff, pay the artists. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. People were suggesting the door fee and everything and stuff like that at that time. Yeah. But you know that like people would crap their pants like crazy and stuff if they did it anyways. But like I'm still surprised they don't. And like the more I think about it, I'm like, God, I'm like, I think they're wrong for not doing that. 
I mean, you could even do it's like, all right. So if you sign up for the main events, you, oh yeah, you'd give a you, free, you'd give yeah. a free pass for the main event. If free you sign up for the main, main event, event, you get a free, you get a free door fee. Any sort of fee. yeah, any sort of like because I know it's like some GPS, you can do like a weekend pass for like a bunch of side yeah. events, like anything like that. You get a free pass to go in, right? Yep. But yep. if, if you, you just... do the if yeah, if you do the the bundle for you know the like whatever bundle because that's just money in their pockets already. Yeah, exactly. But like the people who walk in to do stuff, like you just you know shake them down for five bucks yeah like you know? the the trade sharks and all that right yeah. yeah like it's just it's just free value mm-hmm. like and maybe it's like unethical or something i don't know whatever <laughs> like i've been playing Frostpunk lately and decided i have no ethics so um, <laughs> but like yeah i don't know it's just it, it seems like something that should have happened a long time ago yeah and like now that things are becoming more so now that the now that they're the magic fest and it's becoming more magic I'll use this term even though I don't think it's the 100% of the correct more magic culture based I think they almost want to do that so they can provide more value enhancers instead of um being completely reliant on yeah. stuff Yeah exactly like like that's was the thing with artists is artists don't create value they enhance yeah. the value people are getting already. Yep. Like, and so using some of that entry money to fund things that create a convention-like experience, I think would be positive, if that makes sense. Yeah. I can get behind that. I don't know. And and my caveat is, is I am random person on the internet. I have no clue about what goes on behind the scenes at this. And this is just all navel gazing speculation. So it, it would take it for what you will. It would be really interesting if they're just like $5 at the door just to get in mm-hmm. what that, if that actually would affect attendance, even remotely close to noticeably. Yeah. And would it affect attendance and would it affect the bottom line would be my question. Because here's the deal. If it affects attendance slightly, but increases your bottom line, eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you, you know, go from Like, head... there's a certain thing. Like, if, if, you, if you do it and it lowers attendance significantly, like, like a, a noticeable amount that is, you, like, is really impactful, but you still make money in some way, like... I guess then you really start looking at things and go, is this right? But like, I don't know how that happens. Well, it, like a good metric for that is like, all right, so you have a thousand people who come into this Grand Prix. Yeah. 10% of them stop showing because you start charging $5 mm-hmm. at the door. Yeah. That's still, you know, what, $4,500 that you just made. Yeah. That you can then put towards something. Yeah, and the question like, is, how much money did you lose out of those? The question too. Yeah, because you didn't make money. So, what is the average? You know, like speculate and say what is the average amount of money a person spends there? And like, yeah, there's a bunch of it, but like, mm-hmm. I, don't know. I just remember from my market, from one of my marketing things and stuff like that, is like you should price your product so that, uh, like, it was something ridiculous. Like twenty percent of people think it's too expensive. Like. And, and that's the right price, about. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you've told me that before, and I don't remember the justification for it. But basically, you have a price high enough to where the the people that accept that high price um, 
make up for the people turning it down. Whereas That's... if you lower if you lowered it and the and you would not get enough people coming in to meet that threshold. Yeah, fair enough. And I, and I could be just making up a, a number, but like you know, it's it's basically that balance. It's like the more you charge for something, you know, it's like if I charge, you know, two million dollars to get into a Grand Prix, and I have one person show up, I'm plus. <laughs> like you know, not like wrong. more than likely, right? I mean, yeah, they get first place. So the most they get is ten grand. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know how, like, how much they make on it at a Grand Prix and stuff like that, but, like, I can't imagine it's, like, but, like, so, like, that's the, the trade-off there and stuff like that, but, like, you know, what are the chances that somebody is going to buy in for that amount? Yeah. So now you start tilting that scale until you balance it out to where you get a certain number of people saying, nah, this isn't good enough, but the people saying, yeah, it is, are balancing it out, so. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, but. I actually have another segue based on like the whole topic of like low GP main event mm-hmm. attendance, as it were. Remember how we didn't know if we could make an episode work with this stuff, and we're a half hour in. Continue. <laughs> we can literally talk about anything. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, so <laughs> this is an interesting thought that I ha- that I had. Okay. I almost wonder. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a huge fucking douchebag based on this comment. I'm just just putting that out there right now. Well, at least you're playing yourself. All right. <laughs> um. I almost wonder if the like now that like the MPL exists and like the Challenger League exists and like there's all this difficulty in actually getting to play in the Mythic Championships for like paper versus uh, arena versus all like, it's so much harder mm-hmm. to be a quotations pro Magic player yep. and it's like because like if you if you don't if you did not already market yourself you almost were like a guarantee to not get a thing. Greg yeah. Orange, Pro Tour champion, yep. really, really popular for what he does. A lot of people like him personally. Mm-hmm. Was not a member of the MPL because he does not stream and did not market himself. Yep, okay. It, it sucks, but that's reality, right? Yep. yep. But I almost wonder if like, the reason why we're seeing such a dip in main event attendance, but people are still going to Grand Prix, is a lot of people just came to the realization that they don't have what it takes to be a professional Magic player. Yeah. And like so you by having a lot of really good side events, you the casual people no longer really the 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 pull to play in a GP main event just isn't as much there anymore when you can yep. just do sweet ass side events, right? Like yep. I know that if me and you ever go to another Grand Prix, it's gonna be way harder for me to convince you to play in a main event. <laughs> Basically it's gonna have to be either a, a standard format that I think is absolutely great and I love it, or sealed <laughs> i'll play sealed ones actually because i really enjoy sealed and i think i have a uh puncher's chance at that one i think i could convince you to do a legacy grand prix oh yeah i do actually i would do a legacy grand prix yeah. Bring sorry heartbeat. i think i can get you to do legacy i would be like 50 50 on getting you to do pioneer and you no, you'd, ha- you'd probably have a pretty good shot you'd probably be like 75 25 right. and i the, it would have to be like one of your favorite standard formats of all time yeah you're probably like yeah it'd be pretty tough for that like I'd have to like hold you hostage to get you to ever do a modern one. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> like, yeah. Like you, that's just like, never happening. Yeah, like that's just one of those things where it's like if you were like I will buy you in, I'd be like how would you don't and just <laughs> set that money on fire because that is actually more value to me. Like uh, <laughs> Yeah. But like so like you you The no only longer... way you could get me to play in a Grand Prix with modern in it would be as if it was um uh one of the trios ones 
Which would, yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah, exceptional ones a, like that. Oh, I would kick a puppy across the room to play in one of those. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> but, like, so you have all these... You just have better side events and better things going on for the yeah. casual side, so you don't have those casual people. And I literally think you have people who just realize I am never going to be a pro because mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. It's, it's like, like why? Yeah, why do I want to screw around like playing in an event that is less fun than the other events I can play in? Yeah. Which you is know? funny because like it's actually mathematically, if you are a good match player, it is like positive EV to play in a GP right now. Because if like if you if based on the number of people you can go like X and three and still make cash, huh. which is ridiculous. But you have to be you know good enough as it were. Yeah, you'd have to be good. Which... It's like so. Grand Prix are now meant for more you know the super competitive people, which is yeah. probably for the better. I would say it is in general. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you're the people who are competitive, you want good competition. Ideally, and that yeah. just gives you and that just gives you better competition. You're not somebody like me who is like, God, I hope my opponent just misses all their land drops every single round so that I can get somewhere. <laughs> I think you enjoy a good game of Magic. I, I do. I, like, to be fair, I do enjoy a good game of Magic. Like, still one of my favorite games, even though I don't remember much of it, was that game where you walked away and were like, God, I'll catch up with Fletcher after he loses this game. And then you came back and I had somehow won it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so mind-boggling. Yeah. But... It helps when your opponents are bad. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. He had me dead on board a, a few times, I think, but we're basically just, like, dead. I'm like, if he does this, I'm like, I'm just screwed, and then he'd do something just completely off the wall, and I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> so, speaking right. of Grand Prix, right. I was I had a question broached to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, in October, no idea what the format is. October what? I don't know, but I was asked if I wanted to go. <laughs> uh, let's... I think it's like the 18th or something like that. Let's table that right now. All right. But it, let's say it's a, a possibility. All right. I, so, I would heavily consider that. This was literally my response about that. I'm like, like he's like, I want to go to Milwaukee. I'm like, you realize literally every single thing about the trip to Milwaukee outside of playing Magic was shit. Like, it's like, hey, do you want to go to Milwaukee? It's like, no, I don't. But <laughs> like, I would go play a country <laughs> in that garbage heap of the city. Like, it's it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like everything involving Milwaukee was shit. People and, like still don't believe me about that. The Phantom Subway. <laughs> Uh, it's it's so ridiculous yeah like like hunting down a subway was like if we weren't in our hotel room or at the event center it was not a good time at least like no it was not. like i enjoyed the sitting around like dinner we all had that friday night that was fun yeah like that was like, fun having dinner was sweet but my burger was bad oh yeah <laughs> eating pizza and watching wrestling while cracking a box was awesome yeah you know I wish it would have been on NXT, but you know, sometimes you just gotta watch a main card. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, it was all but good. It it's... let us focus on the the Packers. But like, so much about that trip was just hot garbage. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? Why would you ever want to go back to that city? <laughs> because they put GPs there. Uh, apparently. No, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, I, like I was. I just, I kept thinking about it last night. I'm like, literally everything about that city was shit. Yeah. It just happened to have a, it had a connected via uh, 
air walk, whatever the hell they call Skywalk it. Skywalk is what it's connect, called. Yeah, connected via Skywalk. Like to that the was event super center. convenient. Like just it being was. able to walk to the convention center. Like, like Minneapolis was really nice. You know, just taking the train and stuff up there. But like, you still, yet we had to plan ahead and like get up there and blah blah blah. Yeah, we had to stuff. plan ahead. We had to walk. Which, luckily, us being reasonable adults, that wasn't a problem. Yeah, but like you know, it was, it was something. I don't know. Yeah, like. It, it's, it was, like, night and day between the Minneapolis trip and the Milwaukee trip. Yeah, because, like, the th- the funny thing is, like, with Minneapolis, like, the things surrounding it, too, were mm-hmm. positive. It was a goddamn Denny's. Oh, that was a good no, time. It was a uh, IHOP. IHOP. It was a goddamn IHOP. IHOP. IHOP was, like, yeah, like, I think, I think the, I, I don't remember who I said it to, maybe it was you, but, like, I'm, like, the one re- regret I have about the trip is we didn't eat at IHOP more. <laughs> yeah, we did go there at least once every day. Yeah, like, uh, that place was, that's top-notch shit, but. <laughs> like, I, I look back so fondly on the Minneapolis Grand Prix, and I look back with such, like, disgust at the Milwaukee Grand Prix. <laughs> like, I would I would not trade in the Milwaukee one either. No, like, it was still a good experience, right? It, overall, it was still a good experience, but, like, there was some awful stuff with that one, too, because, like, that was the one that's like, hey, I won my Chaos Draft. That was super, super sweet, and then my wife called me to tell me that the people who were buying her uh her dad's house after he'd passed we were trying to sell had backed out <laughs> yeah it's like all this shit just uh, so much around that trip was just bad yeah they also put... didn't robert get a ticket oh yeah he also got a ticket for following me through a red light <laughs> that i ran <laughs> i'm surprised he wants to go back oh uh, man but i remember i uh, i remember... I, uh... When yeah, we were watching I, uh, wrestling, they actually had, like, a really good, like, dinner experience or whatever. They did. Yeah, but we were watching wrestling, so ours was automatically better. I mean, we had, like, mediocre pizza and got to play Magic and stuff, so it was pretty sweet. Yeah, we had, we, had, we packed a box, we ate Domino's, and watched wrestling. Yeah. And Hobbs, Hobbs is always like, man, that pizza at that place is actually really, really good. I'm always surprised by how good it was. I'm like, I'm like I ate pizza and watched wrestling. I don't care how good your pizza was. Yeah, like <laughs> here's the, the uh, my 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 quality compression of pizza, but okay. Yeah, it, Domino's is not high quality pizza, no. but it's not bad pizza. No, no pizza. Here's the deal: pizza is probably one of the most overrated foods out there. Oh, definitely. Like, not that it's bad, but it's like it's super overrated. Here's I I straight up basically only eat pizza when I'm craving pepperoni. Fair enough. I just really like pepperoni. Like I fried an entire pound of pepperoni <laughs> on a pan with just the ate like, it. so the grease could drip down and just ate it. Oh my god! Okay, so <laughs> are there any other magic topics we want to talk about? Uh, I actually do have one more. That is okay. another hot button topic for the year. All right, press my hot buttons, John. Arkham's Astrolabe. Okay, I would like to do a breakdown of this card. Okay, let us break right. it apart. So I'm going to pull it up on, on something so I can read this very complex card. So this card basically broke Popper, apparently. Which, uh, ev- here's the thing. People don't realize every single goddamn thing in the world breaks Popper. I'm okay with this, too, because like, they need to be punished for their sins. No, I'm kidding. But like Everything uh, breaks Popper, and I don't get... People always freak out about Popper being in a shit place. Tron is legal in Popper. Yeah, right. Like, that's just a thing. That's a modern legal deck. Yeah, the threats are slightly not as good, but in Popper, Ulamog's Crusher is pretty close to Ulamog. Yeah, it's like, who cares, right? Yeah. So, 
everyone always freaks out about, oh, Arkham's Afterlife just ruined everything. So let's think about Arkham Afterlife, right? <laughs> so you, you need to have snow mana. Yeah. That is a restriction. Yeah. Because only dual lands produce snow mana. Or, sorry, only basics. I think there is actually a duel. There's tap uh, duels that do produce snow, don't yeah, there's there? the Yeah, there's the tap duels that produce it. But those are uncommon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yes, I believe so. I can't recall, but... So so those aren't even legal and popular. Mm-hmm. Like, you basically need basics to mm-hmm. play Arkham's Astrolabe, right? Yeah. So for one snow mana, it enters the battlefield and you draw a card. Okay. Alright. And you can tap a mana of any color and filter it through it by tapping it to produce another mana of any color. Mm-hmm. Alright. And that makes it that is also making snow mana. Because it okay. is a snow artifact. Yep. So we basically have a one mana less, but noticeably harder to cast. Prophetic Prism. Prophetic Prism. Yep. Right? That card was like almost a universal not like a slam first pick, but a, you didn't feel bad about a first pick in Kaladesh or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just because it was an artifact that replaced stuff, right? Yep. Vendad Prism has never done anything noticeable in its life ever. <laughs> Outside of being okay and limited. Yeah. Right? And I, everyone... think I, pl- I think I played in one of my trash EDH decks. Well, sure, right? Like, it's a cantrip. It does things. Yeah. But on the same metric... Sorry, I think I have to sneeze, and I don't want to sneeze into the thing. <laughs> All right, it's it's gone now. Okay. Um, so Arkham has Arkham's Astrolabe costs one mana. Yep. And that's the only thing it has over Pentad Prism or Pro- Prophetic Prophetic Prism. Prism. Pentad Prism, I think, is garbage. And everyone's. Everyone in their mother is like, oh, this card's so broken. It sees playing like every single deck in Popper. It's like a universal fixer and yada yada. It's like all you have to do is play Snowlands, which isn't even a downside. Which, to be fair, they're not wrong. The only yeah. downside to playing Snowlands is you have to play enough basics for them to matter. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean that like that is not a cost, right? Like there are tap dual lands that people play in Popper. Yep. Like there are two color decks in Popper, and playing tap dual lance is good by that metric. Mm-hmm. And people just like they freak out so much about Penta- about Arkham's Astrolabe existing, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, like the decks that played are super oppressive and yada yada." It's... I feel like everyone's just kind of like blaming Arkham's Astrolabe for other cards' faults. I would tend to agree with that. Like, a lot of the cards that they're like, oh, this card's just like, you know, Arkham's Astrolabe. It's so good with, like, all these flicker effects and bounce effects and all this bullshit. It's like, those cards have gotten multiple cards banned. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let's be real. Harrigan Drake, not that good if you're not flickering it. Yeah. Cloud of Fairies or whatever it's called, not that good if you're not flickering it. Like yep. all these flicker effects are the things that are breaking. Like yeah, you get some pretty sweet value. With it's your like Arkham doing. Set. I mean, like I feel like with Popper, a card that can be flickered cheaply, yep, is the same thing as putting a card in Modern that does something in the graveyard. Yeah, like you just blow up the entire format. 
And like, that, <laughs> that's just what happens at Popper. And everyone keeps yeah. like blaming things like Arkham's Astrolabe and um, Peregrine Drake when the pro- like there's a reason why these types of cards keep being the problem, and it's not because they themselves are that powerful. Mm-hmm. It's because the cards that are flickering them. It's the enablers. They're not even a, like Pen or Arkham Destroyer was not even an enabler, really. It's like it is mana fixing, yeah. Which is kind. Of, it's that's honestly the I think that's its most egregious thing is you get to play. You have to play more basics, but it fixes your mana through those basics. Yeah, like honestly, but like, I, that, prophetic prism exists. Like, it does. That's the thing, and it's like nobody's shitting their pants about that no and the fact it costs one mana is probably where that comes from right probably like it's like all these people like the fact that a one mana pentad prism prophetic prism prism. why do they have two cards that are basically called the same thing (laughs) the fact that there is a one mana prophetic prism that is banned in the format is honestly mind-boggling to me yeah like I feel like that that I I don't feel like this card is as you said is the problem. I feel like if anything, this points out the flaws of the format. Mm. It's like look at some of the ban lists and like you'll in any format and you'll see some weird cards that you go like what? And usually it's because of how the, of, of just this you know the sins of that format basically. Yeah. Like you know it's just. Speaking along those lines, mind twist. Yep, free my boy. It's so weird that that card is still banned. They just aren't gonna unban it. They're not, but I just like I feel like the reason why they're not unbanning it is because it wouldn't change anything. But that's yeah. kind of like is a reason to ban it or unban it. Not really. Like I know, I know they don't want to like like they're like if it's not doing anything and nobody would care about it, it's like why bother risking it? I just want to trim up the ban lists. I don't like yeah, having cards on there that don't need to be on there. Keep, there are people like us out there that are just like why like just get it off there then if you don't think it should be there. Like oh, know. I figured I learned what the combo is with that underworld breach card or whatever it's called and how it goes infinite. What one? The red oh. enchantments. Yeah, okay. All cards in your graveyard have escape. Yeah. It's, uh, you go infinite with that and Lion's Eye Diamond and Brain Freeze. Oh, okay. Sweet. I approve this message. Yeah, so th- that's the infinite combo. A graveyard-based strategy that needs exactly three specific cards and wins through Brain Freeze. I approve of this message. Yeah, and people are freaking out about that. It's like... And, and requires Lion's Eye Diamond, which... <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the thing. Here's the deal. If you can afford a Lion's Eye Diamond, then you deserve to go infinite with that card. Yeah, here's the thing. If you can afford Lion's Eye Diamond, you already can play Charbelcher, which can already go infinite. Yeah, right. And doesn't lose to Leyline of the Void. <laughs> like, there's uh, nothing that the like the this deck does that Charbelcher doesn't already do. Yeah. Leyline of the Void sees way more play than Leyline of Sanctity. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's I I, I figured out, I learned what the combo was, and now you know I am unimpressed. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's crapping their pants over that. Huh? Mm. It's almost like people just get worked up over nothing. Yeah. 
it's people are like, oh my god, this this card can go in, it can kill on turn one in Legacy. It's like, yeah, okay, good job. Welcome like, to Legacy. Yeah, there's a lot of crap that can kill on turn one in Legacy. Good job. There's decks that can kill on turn one in Legacy through interaction. Yeah, like that's literally the shtick of Black Red Reanimator. Right. It's like, all right, I'm going to turn one Dark Ritual Thoughtseize into Mixum or into Reanimate. Yep. Go. Yeah. Like that's that's what that deck is designed to do. Mm-hmm. And it does it remarkably well, and it's yeah. really obnoxious. <laughs> but you know I mean, what? Tech, I think. I mean, I think there's tur- like legal turn zero kills even, but like there are so consistent. They're, they're ridiculously convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Shut up. That's that is that is what that you know. Oh my god! Infinite kill combo on turn whatever. It's not even that infinite. I think you can only brain freeze for like sixteen or something. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like it can't be infinite because you have to like exile your graveyard. Yeah, you only have you can only so you can exile at most like fifty seven cards. No, not even that. You can only exile like 54 cards. Huh. So 54 divided by 3, so 18. So brain freeze, X equal 18. I mean, that's enough to kill. I, I mean, think. yeah, it is, but it's like... It's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, I guess, whatever. The funny thing is you also have to like brain freeze targeting yourself just to feed the thing, which is funny. Yeah, I was thinking about that like i'm like oh you must have to like target some of the brain freezes at yourself so that you can like oh yeah it's it's kind of convoluted it's funny (laughs) but still Uh, but all right so yeah now you know that's the infinite combo that i literally have notions about cool all right what else we got to talk about anything it's kind of all my random shit Yeah, I haven't, like, the only ways I've been interfacing with Magic this week is basically, like, you know, I've read a couple of things, but otherwise, Dominaria drafts back on Arena, which is sweet. Hey, you've been, sp- well, that's spamming. You've been as close to spamming as ever happens in the Discord. <laughs> your yeah. your picks and stuff, which is kind of I'm, I'm on my third draft, so I, I didn't spam one of them, cause, but I asked you your opinion and stuff, so I was like, yeah. I'm curious about this, but... Oh, uh, one thing that's mildly interesting to me, in my second place prize pack I got today, I opened a uh, Alt Arts Oko, which I needed for my collection, so... Oh, there you go. Good job. I got, I got that going for me. You have anything else you want to brag about on the podcast? Nah, that's pretty much it. Okay. That's so, the last, last Alt Art I needed from the set, okay. so... So, I'm on my third Dominaria draft right now. Alright. I'm two two and zero right now with my current deck. Uh, the previous ones I actually had losing records. I went two and three, maybe two and three, three, and enjoyed every game. And I did. I enjoyed it, all of it. Like this is just the difference between Dominaria and Eldraine. Like I got smoked a couple games, absolutely horrendously. Um, I got color screwed in one game, which kind of tilted me a little bit, but like not actually. Really, but that one was less fun. Um, because I'm just like draw discard draw discard draw discard, <laughs> but um, but like overall like even the games I'm like losing I'm like this is awesome like and I just love playing it and like Eldraine I was like 
you know, I was like, I, I had winning records for most of it. I'd, I'd get at least, you know, four, three, five, three or whatever, something like that. Uh, I had a couple seven, seven X's, but like, it's just like, I never enjoyed it. It was just weird. I don't know. So. I thought Dominaria was rose tinted glasses for a little bit, but then like, I just keep playing and I'm like, no, this is actually still just really fun. So I heard a kind of interesting, I want to say like medium simmer take. Okay, medium simmer take. On a, on a podcast okay. yesterday. Okay. This, this person made the claim that Dominaria is second only to Alpha <laughs> for the best magic set ever printed. I don't necessarily know if I disagree. I don't know if I agree either, though. Yeah, I don't know if I agree, but I I can't actively think of one to disagree. Like, like the like set I is... really liked M thirteen, but I don't think it's like one of those ones that it's like, oh, this is way up there. But like... yeah, like M thirteen is like amazing from a limited perspective, but as yeah. a set, it's just a core set, right? Yeah, like Dominaria has. It's really, really well balanced for limited. Yeah, really well balanced. Like there are better archetypes, but it's even the bad archetypes are still good. Yeah, it's really powerful too. It's yeah, it's really powerful. But the impact that it had on the standard format is outside of Teferi, not like backbreaking by any means. No, and Teferi like, I can think was of cards annoying. I played. Like I can think of cards I played from the deck, and honestly, most of the ones I'm thinking of are commons and uncommons. Like yeah. Like, it's remarkably well balanced. It's remarkably well made. The the uh, the um, story elements were all really good. A lot of the cards are just sweet in like what they do in their themes and all that shit. It brought back Kicker, which is awesome. <laughs> kicker is one of those things that I'm like, I don't care about Kicker, but like, I just like I like. I actually, I actually feel like the mechanics of the set were weak, like. They were well done, but, like, overall, it was, like, Historic was, like, fine. Like, Legendary Sorceries were not good. Um, no, they were, they were convoluted at best. Yeah. Like, Kicker is a, is a mechanic that plays well, but I don't think it's super sexy. And I just care that it plays well. Yeah. Like, I like cards But, but like, overall, options. everything came together and played well. But, like, it's not like, oh, like, like Theros. Like, I'm like, goddamn, I love Heroic. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Just as a mechanic, like there was nothing like like Dominaria didn't have that with the mechanics. In the See, set. I I don't know if that necessarily is a mark against it though. I don't know either. I mean, it's more of an observation. We'll say. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of like eh, it, it. It just was a thing, and this is what it did. But. So yeah. yeah. Okay, Outside of like nostalgia, I can't think of a set that is like yeah, this set was definitely better than Dominaria. Fair. Like, and I mean, the, I think the only reason Alpha beats it is because it's freaking Alpha. Like, and Alpha to this day, I think is like based on like things I've heard from LSB and Ben Sack. Alpha is just straight up a really, really well designed set. Maybe it is. The draft is awful. Well, yeah, looking back on it now, it's hot garbage, like, from a limited perspective. But, like, you have to really appreciate what they did. I, I, I do. But, it, so, here's the thing. Like, I have trouble with that. 
because like i appreciate the thing that kicked things off like that's uh-huh. that, that matters but like so like i i'm a tabletop role-playing gamer yep okay uh-huh. i like i like fantasy stuff for the most uh, part yep you know what is just absolutely not interesting <laughs> to me at all? Generic high fantasy slash Lord of the Rings. Is this your Lord of the Rings rant again? Yes, this is my friggin' Lord of the Rings rant again. It's like you know me or something. Yeah. Like, like maybe, it, you know, and I'll admit I've never read the books. I have no desire to, honestly. I, don't, I, don't, like, I enjoy them. I don't think you would enjoy them. Like, like a high fantasy romp isn't something I care about right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's like okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're probably good and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter. Like the other thing I constantly throw under the bus, and people will probably try to execute me for this. Like, it's like the Beatles. Actually, the Beatles and Nirvana, both of them. I am, like, I am a big proponent of the Beatles are overrated in this modern like, day and of age. Like they're like I, I and I honestly think like I honestly think John Lennon is one of the greatest songwriters of like you know modernish times. Like mm-hmm. like I think he was probably one of the best songwriters that ever lived. Um like I think we've gone past them. Like <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds. And I'm sure people are like vomiting in their mouths right now and somebody somewhere like you know is just twitching because they can sense a disturbance in the forest like and i feel the same thing about nirvana like i think they like like they did something that was unique and now like we took that and made it interesting yeah or more more interesting i'll say actually because what they did like what both of them did was interesting in its own right but like i just don't have any desire to like go back to that a ton like honestly, I do listen to some of that stuff still, like because I still think it is like worthwhile. But like, I'm not like, oh my god, this is everything I ever want. No, I I once got into it with uh, one of my ex's brothers, <laughs> who was like, he was he was adamant that like the greatest group that was ever existed was the Beatles, and everything they did was amazing. And like, I wound up like sit- I was at their house when I wound up watching one of the Beatles movies, like the. <laughs> lonely hearts club band or whatever the hell it's called and it's like those movies also aren't good (laughs) but (laughs) but like i got into it one time like here's the thing what the beatles did was amazing yes it's it's hard to comprehend it like i'll admit and we probably don't just because we're not old enough for that yeah but like they're just not good anymore (laughs) like i don't like their music also because the one with all the talent is dead. Yeah. But, <laughs> sorry. McCar- I guess Paul McCartney has talent and stuff. But like, yeah, it's, honestly, it's like, John Lennon was, was the talent there, IMO. Yeah, it's like all this shit. It's like they're just not that good. It's it's very, very it's very similar to my opinions on Metallica. And I do yeah, like, I, I, yeah I, I'm I do, right there with you. I do like some Metallica songs. Me it's, too. Metallica yeah. is Hobbs favorite band. Yeah. And that boggles my mind. Because while they they were one of the first at this point, they are literally generic rock. It, it's just super super generic, yeah. Stuff like that. It's like it's and like, they, like they, they did rock. something. What? And I like generic rock. Yeah, like they did something that mattered. Like, don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. they did, but like it's just not. I don't know. You just see it. Like you see the evolution of it, and it, and it's like, oh, that's just like the proto version of it now. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Like we, I feel like we've just gone past. It's like, 
you know, and, and I'm probably wrong in this, but like, you know, like I still love Rush. Yep. But like nobody has replicated them really. Like there's influence definitely you can see places, but like, you know, like I still listen to it because like the stuff they've done has still been like you don't see you don't see the grand evolution of it like you have with like you know you know popular rock like the beatles or the grunge movement from nirvana or you know the the evolution of metal from uh metallica like Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know but That was a nice little capper. Just pissed off, yeah, like just piss off everyone. Thousands of different people. Yeah, so. we're like diehard music fans of a specific genre. Oh uh, man, I listen to a lot of music, like weird music too, and stuff. So it's just like I don't know. Maybe I'm just that's just me. But I I've been on a huge steam powered giraffe kick lately. Really? Yeah. I, I don't go know through why. ups and downs and it. stuff like that. So like I'll go from like listening to nothing but OC remix for a while and like. I went through a, a kick of like uh, like '90s country, uh, and yeah, that was a weird request from you. Oh man, I, I it's I don't know. I just I just finished it, but then like you know like probably one of my favorite artists of all times is James Taylor, like <laughs> you know. So it's just like I I don't know. There's this whole thing, but then I'm also like really big into metal and like you know just kind of like stuff kind of floats all over, but. Man, being diverse in music, ta- musical taste is just so. I don't understand how people can't be. Yeah, I, I I was listening to some of the people who work near me or something like that, and it's like I'm. Uh, every time somebody says, "Oh, I listen to everything, except this," yeah, you know, or, or or they have to like put caveats in there, and it's like I feel like I'm one of the few people. It's like I can go in there and be like, "Yeah, I listen to everything." Like yeah. I like there is a song in a genre I will like, like it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's like. <laughs> you know noise core i'm sure i could find something or like you know like my wife got um uh uh, post malone and taylor swift cds for christmas and has been listening to those and like there's stuff in there i like Mm -hmm. yeah there's stuff everywhere you like you know and (laughs) it's i don't know it's interesting one of my favorite things was when i was driving around with my brother when he was come to visit and he's like man you probably don't even like listen to rap i'm like sit down son it's like I have rap on my phone, so it's like we listen to Gangster's Paradise. We listen to uh, some of the classic stuff. Well, like we listen to that and some of the classic stuff, and then we listen to certain songs from um, the Grand Theft Auto Four soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's where I get most. Of. I don't have a good repertoire of that, which is unfortunate because I've come to appreciate it a lot. I only have like a few songs of that genre, mm-hmm. but it's like yes, I do listen to rap. The problem is a lot of like popular rap I just don't like. It's not even because it's popular. I just don't like the themes of it, right? Yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's some of it for me too. But you know, know. all right, let's put a cap on this one. So if you want to shoot us some feedback about how wrong we are about the world, uh, you can send it to thelocalmeta at gmail dot com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. Um, If you want to yell at us in person, really quick, you can go to the Discord. You can find the link to that at thelocalmeta.com in our links there. Uh, and we talk about this stuff all the time, so just come in there and shout at us. I'm sure some people will. I, sh- I feel like I should like throw a dig at like Motley Crue or something just to get <laughs> just to get Robert. But, like at you. I, I don't got I don't got nothing for that. So nah, Crue's all right. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, totally. Like totally fine. Like not something like that. Like I'm like, goddamn, I'm gonna go listen to Motley Crue. But if it comes on, I'm not like yeah, shut up by any means. Like I, it's like okay, this is fine. But all right, cool. Anything else, John? It's been a while since we've had a music episode. It was kind of yeah, fun. Like, having our last, last bonus minutes. episode because that's all we talk about is crap like this. But we're picking the music. <laughs> apparently, I can't talk about the stuff I'm listening to right now because it's friggin' offensive. <laughs> So random thing actually. So I'm um, uh the uh so our car has like a you know connects to Bluetooth and everything and stuff like that. Yep. And so like if you like play a YouTube video or like load up or like a video loads in a page or something like that, it will show that on there. It won't start playing it, but it'll like show the name of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, uh, a very specific oh. song from my inappropriate playlist. <laughs> I had like listened to it on my phone because like I'm super addicted to that song, and then it came up, and my wife's like. What the hell? (laughs) Was it the one that's a really good whistling tune? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, let me explain. (laughs) It's just so catchy. Oh, it's so catchy. But all right. So on that beautiful note that no one knows what we're talking about, if you want to know what we're talking about, you'll have to hit up the Discord. I've told Uh, a few people what it is. Oh, yeah. Some know. Yeah. So on that note, we will catch you next time.